Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Warren Ingram is a co-founder of Galileo Capital, a certified financial planner, and joins us regularly on a Thursday for our personal finance feature brought to you by Standard Bank Private. Standard Bank Private, it can be money, anxiety, mental health. Oh, my goodness me, Warren. Um, the, the reality is, even those who have plenty of it don't often appreciate that there is plenty. Those who have too much of it worry because they need to then manage all of that money so they don't lose it and make sure that future generations can benefit from their largesse and they can go down in you know, future Christmases as the legend who provided everything. Well, that's what they hope. Uh, and then the vast majority of people simply don't have enough. And it, all of these different stages freak people out universally, I suspect. You're right, Bruce, and and uh, um, and I think it's a big issue that builds and builds and builds over time. You know, I think when we uh, live just with general uncertainty, uh, you, you know, w- whether it's worrying about your job or worrying about the economy, and now the United Nations says we're in a boiling uh, climate, uh, there there is a lot that kind of layers up stress on us, and um, unfortunately, money is is very close to home for most of us, and 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 actually, you know, it's probably one of the two or three biggest sources of of stress that we all deal with every day uh, and and you know add add to that kind of particular uncertain times you know when we've come through something you know like a pandemic and then come out of that and and get into massive rising interest rates causing you know huge additional stress uh, it's no coincidence that uh, you know we have now a, a, a kind of a mental health crisis that you know that followed a, uh, you know, normal health crisis, and and we're all living with it right now. the The problem, I guess, is that um, it's not really socially acceptable to kind of sit down with your, you know, your your mates and say, "I'm I'm going through a mental health crisis, and it relates to money and a whole lot of other things." You know, it's it's something generally we won't talk about. It's generally not acceptable to tell people you're struggling. You're just supposed to say, "No, I'm fine, and everything's good." But we are living with it right now, and I think it's an issue facing a lot of people, and 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 something we probably need to spend a bit of time talking about more regularly, and make it a little bit more acceptable for people to kind of put up their hands to say, "I'm I'm, I'm not okay. I'm not really coping, and and I I need some help, or I need to just talk about it." What are the most common fears that you see in terms of money? I'm I'm, I'm guessing. The fear of scarcity is probably the strongest. But by by a country mile, you know, I think uh, people fear uh, fear running out or fear not having enough. Uh, and and for people that that live with you know crashing debt, it's it's not uh, you know a fear of something that's a fiction. It's a, it's a fear of where they are right now. Uh, and and uh, you know if you if you look at that situation, you, you mentioned at the introduction, you know, the, the people have a scarcity mentality around money, even if they have enough, because it's it's kind of a hardwired response. If you're if you're worried about uh, about not having enough, then then there isn't a number, a magic number, where you would say, well, I've reached you know a million or ten million or a hundred million, and and I'm okay now. There will always be a, a, a source of fear about things that you perceive could go wrong you know even and i'm not saying people you know, you know kind of create fictitious reasons but they'll just 
only see uh, threat. They'll only see negativity and 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 you know kind of potential harm to their financial position. And and as you say, uh, you, you know they might be planning to to kind of look after their children and and potentially set up funding for grandchildren that might have might not even be born yet. But but they live with this tremendous fear that uh, th- that life is not going to be okay. It's going to work out badly, uh, and 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 the pressure mounts and. And, and then I think on the other end of the spectrum, pe- people frozen, you know, uh, by fear. So, so uh, you know, s- s- sitting in a situation where they they are in financial difficulty, don't know what to do, and and so they tend to avoid the, the, their money money problems. They they tend to hope they just go away. You know, they they don't e- read the email statements. They don't they don't look at the apps uh, and and the the problems just compound and compound and and the pressure builds. And and I think for me. Probably, it's two sets of people uh, in completely different socioeconomic categories, but actually living with the same thing, which is just crushing fear and 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 no real kind of sense of how to exert control and to take take control back again and 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 do something about the the fear so that it goes away and they they, they feel like they can drive their lives forward again. How then do you overcome that fear? Because when you have I mean, you you may have nothing. You may have a genuine reason to be frightened. You may be unreasonably frightened. You may just be apprehensive, whatever it might be. But how do you seize control of this deeply destructive emotional response to a fear of a shortage? I'm, I'm going to throw um, some not money jargon, but some psychological jargon at you, Bruce. And, and it's, it's something I've been reading about uh, quite a bit recently, and it's called hypervigilance. Uh, and and I, I suspect all of us in in our beloved country deal deal with this in one form or another. And some of us might have it more, and some have it less. But but it's uh, you know it's really something that that we we should kind of read about a bit more if we get the chance. Because I think it's uh, you, you know it, it uh, hypervigilance means we live in a state where we feel under threat, where we feel that that uh something bad is going to happen to us and it's uh again it's not necessarily imaginary you know it's not a, just a psychological uh, uh kind of problem it's usually based on past experience so you know w- whether it's tra- trauma from all the change and the pressure that we're dealing with that's that is specific and unique to, to living in south africa or or just more generally where, where you feel under threat you feel that there is Danger, whether it's uh, you know kind of global economics or global politics, uh, or, or very specific to South Africa, where you feel inferior from crime, whatever the deal is, when that builds and that, and that fear sustains for a long period of time, eventually what happens is we, we get to the point where we we always feel under threat, and and so we we don't we not capable then when, when you're in that state of hypervigilance to to kind of take a nice long term rational view where. You listen to the good long-term planning that that we always speak about. What happens is your time horizon is the next hour or the next day, and and all you're doing is trying to protect yourself and your your loved ones from from threats, and and all you see is is threat. Yeah. Uh, and I think we're in that state now. You know, a, a lot of us, we're, we're, you know, whether it's load shedding where we just can't see how how there will ever be a solution, or you know, the the rand was 
at 19 to you know 19 rands to the dollar and and you know you and I are doing our best to tell people that you know the, the, the cycle will pass and things will turn and things do improve again and and you know someone in 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 the state would would not see that they yeah. they would only see the possibility that it becomes best cases that it's, it becomes impossible it absolutely becomes impossible and goal setting i'm going to pause here for a second but i think goal setting is really important and you've it, and it's easier said than done. And I'd like you to apply your mind to this idea of how you set goals when all you see is danger. I mean, all you see is a tsunami coming at you. And now you want me to sit down and plan goals. All I want to do is turn around and run away. I'm never going to outrun the tsunami. But this is my instinct is to turn around and run away. And you want me to sit down with a pen and a piece of paper and write down goals. Climb tree or whatever it might be. Talk to me about goals. <laughs> In just a moment. A quick question for you this evening, aren't you, Warren? Although you can answer it if you like. South Africa and the International Space Station. This week have something. No, it's not the International Space Station, actually. It's actually Mission Control at NASA. Mission Control at NASA and South Africa had something in common this week. What is it that they have had in common this week. The mission control at NASA and South Africa, what have they got in common this week? While well, we chat to Warren about personal finance. The Money Show. Personal finance with Warren Ingram. So what does the Johnson Space Center in Houston, Houston, we have a problem. What does it have in common with South Africa? Well, mission control had a power outage. They had load shedding or blackout. Call it what you like. <laughs> NASA says neither astronauts nor the International Space Station itself were ever in any danger. Fortunately, despite plenty of political turmoil between the U.S. and Russia, uh, the communication channels with the Russians actually allowed ground teams to get in touch with crew members 20 minutes into the outage and everything was absolutely fine. But yes, power outages. I mean, ours, they, they dealt with theirs quite quickly. Um, we've been going for 15 years. It sounds like a Sinead O'Connor song. Um, setting goals. Setting goals, Warren Ingram. How do we set goals when it feels impossible to do so? It, it's one way to, to start getting a sense of, of control again. When, when life feels that, that it's completely out of control, uh, the, the, we, we know the solution is, is not to avoid everything, but, but actually just start with a, a really simple, very basic uh, kind of path of steps that you can take. So, so for example, if you've got a debt problem and it and it feels that it's crashing and it feel, and you don't know what to do, start start by just simply writing down all the debts that you've got and and next to each of those debts, write down uh, the the ones that are that are costing you the most in terms of interest rates. So, you know, the one that's costing you twenty five percent, you know, it might be your credit card or a personal loan, uh, and and you've got another one which is a home loan and that's costing you twelve percent. Once you've written it all down and you can see which ones are costing you the most, then then develop a plan to say, okay, what I need to do is 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 pay down the one that's costing me the highest interest rate first. So, so develop a plan and 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 just take one step. Today the step is write everything down. Tomorrow look at it and say, okay, I've now got the numbers. I know what's costing me the highest interest rates. The following day you start by saying, I've got a little bit of extra money in in the budget somewhere because you're going to have to make that plan. And I'm going to start paying off the most expensive interest rate first. It, it's taking 
something which is overwhelming and and just absolutely crushing because it just seems like this massive mountain that you've got to climb and break it down into some tiny little steps that are really practical and really easy for you to do. But but you have to do that. You have to say, what can I do and what little steps can I take that are not overwhelming and not in, intimidating and crushing me and, and start. And just every day do one little thing to kind of start your your life and exert control again, and and it's amazing that once you start, uh, once you take those little steps, uh, you, you start to accomplish more and more and more, and eventually you get somewhere. Eventually you start to make progress. But but the one key thing is you do have to make some plans for yourself. You do have to exert control. You can't just let this uh, let, let something that just seems so big and overwhelming just carry on. Unfortunately, what happens with money is money troubles compound against you, and the problem just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and, and that's just not a space to be. So first big step is take some control and, and do little steps. And, and if you don't know what to do, talk to somebody. Talk to someone that you, you trust, that you know well, uh, that, that has some idea about money, and, and sit down with them and just kind of play open cards and say, this is where I am, and I don't know what to do. You know, what would you do, and how can you help me? And, and if you've got no one you can trust, Maybe just engage someone, pay, pay someone for an hour of their time, pay an expert that can just kind of sit down with you and talk it through with you. I, I think the point there is there are lots of resources available to you. Uh, the starting point is just kind of taking ownership of the issue and saying, I've got to do something about this and who can help. And then pick up the phone, phone somebody and take action. And and don't do big things, do small things. It okay. ties in, Bruce, to, no. to I think the, the literacy thing, you know, understanding you, you know, the, the more you know about your money, the more you know how uh, your, your your money actually works, whether it's debt or whether it's investments, but just arming yourself with a little bit of information, you know, l- l- listening to this show every single day uh, starts to kind of prepare you for, for things, starts to understand that this is not as scary and intimidating as you think. Uh, but the only way you can do that is to pay attention and start learning and, and don't just outsource it and ignore it. You, you've got to take control of your money and, and your education around money. It's, it is your life and it's, it's yours to take control of. I wonder whether you get the same sort of flood of endorphins from making progress in solving financial problems as you do from having a nice meal or falling in love or whatever the case is. You've got to get there's got to be some sort of chemical reaction deep inside your body that gives you a sense of relief that goes... Okay, I've decided to act. I've decided to take action. And I've got a hell of a mountain to climb here. But my goodness me, I'm so glad I've started. Uh, I, I think it, it, it feels um, maybe the best analogy I can think of is that it goes from this absolute crashing backpack that you've got that weighs you know, double the weight that, that, that you weigh. And it's impossible for you to just even you know, get, get yourself off the ground and take one step. Once you start to to kind of take control and do something about it, suddenly that, that that weight is not so heavy and it becomes more and more controllable and more and more uh, you know, manageable for you every single day. And, and, and I'm not sure that people start to look forward to taking control, but but eventually they get to the point where it's not intimidating and, and it is doable. And, and once they get out of that hole, and they start building and and creating. Then you watch them. I mean, not not in not in literal sense, but in a figurative sense, start to fly. They they start to actually take off, and 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 you know they, they don't have that weight crushing them. So so I think it's a it is very often absolutely life changing. And I'm trying not to exaggerate, but that is the sense that that people get when when they do take control and and feel like they they're they're driving the the ship now. It's not being driven for them, or no one driving it. Um, and it is like every. 
I think you can become addicted to your misery in the same way, and, and that's a weird way of putting it perhaps, in the same way as people become addicted to substances. And the only way you break addiction is by confronting it and admitting that there's a problem and, and then tackling the root cause of the problem. It's probably the, the similar process. It is. And, and I think also just, just you know, to emphasize, I guess I'm repeating myself, but just to know, you're certainly not alone if, 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 you're, if you're listening to this thinking, gee, I, that, that's, you know, that's something I've got and I'm, and I'm ashamed and I, I'm not going to talk to anyone. You know, I'm embarrassed about this. Just understand, there are millions and millions of people just in this country that that have this uh, the, the same version of, of of a problem that you've got, uh, and and they're also sitting there feeling ashamed and embarrassed and, and and not sure what to do. And and I think just understanding that this is not uh, not something to be ashamed of. It's not something that you should be humiliated by. It, it's something that if you ask for help, it's amazing that the people that are close to you like to help. The people out there like to be of service to those that they care about and. And they just need to know that you've got an issue. They need to know that they need to be there for you to talk you through it. And once you start that, you, you start getting a, a complete change in circumstances. And I think it's a big issue. You know, we 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 live with this every day, all of us. And 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 you know, to, to varying degrees, we all suffer from some f- form of financial stress or distress from time to time. Understand, people next door to you are dealing with the same issue, and and and, and take control. And and suddenly, the more you talk about it, and the more you share your experiences. The, the lighter it gets for you and everyone else around you, and you know, it, I, I know I sound like a like I'm trying to give a self help talk here, but I think it's an important thing we need to understand. This is this is a real issue for all of us. You know, m- mental health is a big complexity for all of us, and it's relatively new to talk about. And part of the mental health problem that we face is not just about money; it's about the environment in which we live and we operate. And we don't trust the environment. We don't feel that it's got our backs. We don't feel that our future is secure. And uh, Trudy has sent us a question. On the, a day that the all-share index has hit 78,000, uh, with interest rates at their highest levels in 14 years, uh, with business confidence at its lowest levels in history, with consumer confidence down the pan, Trudy says, I don't understand. It's one of my favorite questions. I don't understand how the JSE has grown this year when the economy is in a disastrous state and politicians are embarking on potential harmful policies like NHI. Why are shares going up while the economy is going down? Favorite question, you answer it. Uh, I, I think just to understand that our, um, our our stock market is is in no way a price of our economy. I think understanding that the the the, the big businesses that that dominate our our stock exchange earn most of their money outside of of South Africa, and some of them. Are almost only listed here for historical reasons. You know, almost just a historical accident that they might have started in South Africa, uh, and and you know subsequently you know expanded to to overseas and and now you know earn far more far more money overseas and and potentially very little or almost nothing in South Africa and simply still have a listing here. And you know if if you think about uh, you know a, a company like Naspers and I think about a company like Richmond, they, they they have a strong South African history but but the bulk of what they do is not South Africa anymore. And and so when you look at the JSC and and how it's performing just understand that that's probably a bigger reflection of what the world thinks is happening in in emerging markets and 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 to another extent to to companies that that are in the resources sector and and those are starting to do a lot better because money is starting in a way to flow away from america again people are starting to look at non us 
places and sources for growth. And, and I think they, they are worried about the American stock exchange. And one of the big beneficiaries of that concern will, will be emerging markets. And, and therefore, what, why the JSE uh, is, is starting to attract money again. And I think it's not a it's not a one week or one month trend. I think it could potentially be many months or even a few years where, where, where investors look for growth outside of, of the US. And, you know, South Africa um, is is often a recipient of, of that kind of interest. And, and so is the RAND uh, for a matter of interest. One of the four biggest emerging market currencies for Japanese investors, for example, when they're looking for non-Japanese uh, uh, cash holdings, they, they look at the RAND. And, and two or three other emerging market currencies as well. So, so we are a favorite for for, for places uh, you know outside of the developed world, uh, and and people are certainly not globally looking at the South African economy and saying we we want to buy into the the, the JSE as a source of growth on the on on the South African economy. They're looking at it and saying these are almost global emerging market businesses, and we think those are great place to grow money. So so Trudy, that's the answer. It's it's unfortunately not because everyone thinks our economy is going to be booming anytime soon. It's because they think these businesses that are listed here are offering great value and and will deliver good value in the months and years ahead. Couldn't have done it better. Warren Ingram, thank you very much. He's a certified financial planner. He is also a regular contributor Thursday night, personal finance on The Money Show. Thank you for joining us.